There we go. Congratulations. Thank you. This is the last book episode of season four. That's right. Congratulations. What are you going to do with that for, huh? Oh, I only do the outline numbers. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to do every number that we say in the episode. For next season, you have to do every single episode. I mean, every single number that we say. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's your new... That won't get annoying at all. No. no. I was saying to, to Ryan that eventually it'll just become like a three-minute song when you, <laughs> yeah. you get to the part of the outline where you have to seven, say... Seven, seven, seven. <laughs> 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 I can't wait for that. I don't even remember how that started. You just um, threw it on yeah. one time and then it's just grown to the to the monstrosity that it is now it's become a thing yeah <laughs> i'm not even sure if anyone who listens to it notices yeah i don't know they definitely notice okay. how can you not i don't know because no one talks about it that i've seen yeah that's true but you guys listen for it listen back to the past maybe what 10 episodes you've been doing it for a while now yeah where we where we mentioned how many sections are in the outline and whenever we say the number mark just has a heyday yeah, editing that he does amazing I, things I, for hey that day. number. I put on a delay. Yeah, <laughs> a, delay a delay day. day. Oh, hey. hey, day. But if this is your first time listening, I want to let you know I'm here to tell you what's up. What's up? What's up? What's that's new? <laughs> because I usually say what's up, everybody. Yeah, and I didn't want to sound so professional, so I'm here to tell you. What's up? Whenever I want to sound professional, Everybody. like in an interview, I walk in, <laughs> I stick out my hand, I look him in the eye, and I say, what's, what's up, up, everybody? Guys? <laughs> what's up, everybody? My name's Ryan. <laughs> I'm here with <laughs> my resume. <laughs> and an empty suitcase. <laughs> you know, I was, I was told growing up that if you're ever going for an interview... And you want to look really good to bring like a Wall Street Journal oh, yeah. and an empty suitcase. Yeah. And bring in on every single episode, uh, episode <laughs> interview that you go to. Yeah. You think that's still the case? Maybe. I think people would just be surprised that you are holding a newspaper. Because if it's the same Wall Street Journal from like... <laughs> 1998. <laughs> then that just might keeping be... keeping up with the times. <laughs> that might be impactful. It might be. You know, especially if you have all those events memorized. Yeah. And you Can say, you hey, believe. did you guys ever read the Wall Street Journal from 1998? Can you believe what Mayor Giuliani is doing right now? Can you believe that Bill Clinton? Taking out this mafia. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Can you believe that? Bible dingers ding or no ding. <laughs> yeah. Ding or no ding. I'm Nick. I'm here with Ryan and Mark, and we are Bible Dingers. And if this is your first time listening, we're starting this episode with a new segment that we started in the book of John, and that's called Ding or No Ding, where I come up with a strange fact that sounds so strange it's probably fake, Ooh. or might be so strange it's true. Ooh. And the rule of the game is really simple. Mark and Ryan... Guess if it's real or fake. If it's real, they say ding. If it's fake, they say no ding. And if they're right, they get one of these. And if they're wrong, what do they get, Ryan? <laughs> they get one of those. The resident button pusher. Are you ready for this? Yep. <clears throat> All right. 
You guys like Pringles? Mm. Haven't had them in years. Yeah, I can't say I've had them in the past decade. I do love Pringles. Okay. They're Ding. the they're the best. <laughs> they're the best <laughs> fake potato chip I've ever tasted. Fake potato chip. Yeah, they're not actual potato. Oh, really? No. If you Google it, they're nothing like a potato chip. Mm. Then I don't even think they're made out of potato. Yeah. That's, yeah. A lot of food in America is just processed stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that think about it if you're cutting a potato that it can come out in even layers stackable. Mm. It's just no way. So You don't think so? There's no way. There's shape no like that. Way. I don't know. Why what don't you, you do it? A, There's uh, no possible way. Pringle shaped knife. Yeah. Would and it make that noise? Do one Pringle per potato. <laughs> yeah. You're cutting the potato and it goes it could you know what I mean? Once you pop, the fun don't stop. Is this the ding <laughs> part? <laughs> the inventor <laughs> of the Pringles can is now buried in one. Stop it. Ding. Is this Mr. Pringle? Or no ding. Wait, no. don't you have to hit this thing? Yes, before you give an answer. Oh, okay, okay. Are you I'm giving sorry. an answer? Now, do we mean like like a giant human-sized Pringle can that oh. his body's in? Or did they like... Cremate him. Cremate him and put him in a Pringles can. Put him into a chip. Listen, once you pop, <laughs> once you pop, the fun don't stop. You know what I mean? Is that the Pringles motto? He permanently yes. pops. Once you pop, you're done. <laughs> okay. That's, that's the Brooklyn version of the Pringles. Um, <laughs> tooting or not tooting? That is the question. What, what? is the answer? What's the answer, guys? Ding. Ding. Ding? Ding. Hey, you are right. In 1966, Frederick Bauer, I think I'm saying that right, developed the idea for Procter and Gamble. Gamble to uniformly stack chips inside a can instead of tossing them in a bag. Bauer was so proud of his invention that he wanted to take it to the grave. <laughs> Literally. Literally. So you can read up on this, but it's very interesting. Part of him is in a Pringles can. That wow. was his dying wish. Wow. Yep. That Only is part. a... Oh, yeah, part? Yeah, part of him? Where, where are you going with that? A part of him. Which part? Uh, an elbow. Oh, okay. Whichever part got in that can is in there now. <laughs> Are you sure he didn't cremate? He didn't get cremated? In uh, you got to read up on it. But I'd like to think he didn't. <laughs> You're copping out right now. <laughs> I totally like to think he didn't. We yeah. got to circle back, guys. Just, just like We got to circle back. We got to circle okay. back. Let's circle back. Right. Let's circle back. My past was a negative, I used to move for the money at lunch I'm healing from wounds, I'm living with delicate Holding the game like a note to a melody Get on the beat and I groove it with elegance Feeling the pain of my brother and relatives I'm not with Captain, I'm not with the normal I walk in the room and I feel it with elephants Give my life. That song slaps, bro It slaps Ouch It slippies It slippy dippies You know, that's what the kids are saying Oh yeah Yeah my Oh kids man, say that, that song slippy dippies <laughs> My kids say that all the time Yeah yeah, anyway, this episode, if you haven't noticed, is about the Book of Acts. So if you hit that button that said the Book of Acts, Boop. and it hasn't gotten there yet, we're there now. 
Yeah, if you don't want to hear our first part, our banter, just fast forward about six minutes and you'll get to where we no, are now. Like 16 minutes, bro. Yeah. Really? I don't know. I'm just... I'm going to check. <laughs> six minutes ago. 14 minutes ago. 14, 14 minutes, minutes ago. <laughs> and here we go. We're jumping right into the book of Acts. Jumping right in. <laughs> jumping <laughs> right in. Because you know what? I act on my word. It's a slow jump. You know what I mean? Yeah. I act on it. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> At first I didn't, but now I do. The title of this book, if you haven't noticed, is Axe. Yes, Axe. A-X. Axe. Axe. Do you guys like the smell of Axe? Pretty hardcore. I did when I was 13. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I used to carry it in my backpack. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And you just freaking drench yourself in that. After gym class. Yeah, that's right. My favorite, I remember specifically, was Phoenix. Was that the red one? The blue one. Oh, the blue one, yeah. Yeah, I think you remember bit. Tag came out and they tried yes, to. Yes, I do remember that. I used to have like a chocolate one. I think chocolate. You Axe. some kind of. You would have the chocolate one, but I didn't buy it. Like someone, my friend gave it to me. If anybody would have the chocolate <laughs> one, it would be Mark. When I look at Mark, it's got to be the chocolate. <laughs> the chocolate X. <laughs> yeah, but now it's all Old Spice. Yeah, I'm an Old Spice guy too. No, I'm more of a degree guy. I knew you would be. And then uh, I switched it up I about a it. year ago, <laughs> and I went to Target, and I get their uh, their organic one. Who, Degree? Um, no, I can't think of the name. You think it just tastes better? <laughs> Dude, let me tell you, when you have deodorant you can eat, yeah, it just brings your life to a whole new level. Your, your armpits and your mouth smells good, yeah. Yeah, they smell the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. Consistency. Yeah. You know what's consistent? Yeah. Not this episode. Yeah. The, how many times we've said that we're diving in, that's probably... But it's time to dive in. <laughs> and there's... You know, what's very unique about this book is the title. But what's interesting is that it's unknown whether or not this book had an actual original title. We can't say it for sure if it was titled Acts. So that's pretty interesting. Isn't in the older Bibles, isn't it Acts of the Apostles? Or we will get there. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. But we'll get there. Hmm. But the earliest evidence that we have of the title comes from an anti Marcionite prologue to the Gospel of Luke, in which it refers to the book as Acts, which was dated around one fifty to one eighty AD. Hmm. As we continue, some of the manuscripts following this also add of the apostles shout out mark shout out mark to the end of the title hey guys happy to be here (laughs) so that gives us the full name that you know acts of the apostles hey how you doing good you know what the greek word for acts means no doing stuff yeah pretty much it it describes heroic acts done by great men that's these people. Great. Yeah. What? That's that's not the gospel. So whatever oh. those words were, that's what was describing Bible dingers. Wait, what? No one is great, not one. No, no. no. There. So to your point, we're going to talk about that. Um, that the name is kind of weird, right? So because it's weird, many scholars disagree with the name for a couple of reasons. First is the one that you just said. Um, Acts of the Apostles seem to maximize their role 
and minimize the role of the Holy Spirit mm. because it makes it about the um, dudes, the, the people. dudes, yeah. Yeah. the small amount of apostles instead of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in reality, this book really only focuses on Peter and Paul as opposed to all of the apostles. So if we really want to be petty and want to rename it accurately, we could say Acts of the Holy Spirit through a couple of the apostles. <laughs> I like it. You know what I mean? Specific. I like it. Yeah. Let's roll with that. Yeah. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts of the Holy Spirit, and a couple of the apostles. Yeah. Beautiful. You know oh, what I, mean? I love it. It's great, right? We Rolls could probably uh, make it, what is that thing where you condense things and make it? Abbreviation. No. <laughs> no, I know An that acronym? Word. Acronym, yeah. Where you take like the first letter. Do it real quick. A-O-T-H-S-T-A-C-O-A. Al-S-A-T-A-O. Al-S-A-T-A-O. No. That's the new one. We move on to the author. There's a big question at hand. Who wrote this? Exactly. And most people think it's Luke. There's a couple reasons for that. The external evidence of Luke's authorship is similar to that of all of the Gospels. His authorship was attested to by a significant amount of early church fathers and historians. So, Irenaeus, Clement of Alexandria, Tertullian, Origen, Eusebius, Jerome, and the Moratorian canon. You know what that is? You know what every single one. Moratorian canon? Yes, I think I do. Is it a fragment from the second century? That lists the books of the New Testament along with some details about them. It's so funny how you know that. <laughs> you know, I always said this. I'm the smartest one on the show. Absolutely. But 100%. Ryan, for knowing that fact, he's definitely the second smartest of the show. No, third. I don't know anybody else that knows that fact besides the outline. The outline does know the fact. It is, it is omniscient. Yeah. The outline. It knows everything about every episode. Well, when it comes to the author section of this episode, it knows everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, for those external evidences, that's the way you say it, um, it points to a Luke authorship. Um, another point that supports a Luke authorship is that within the first few verses of Acts, the book is written to Theophilus and is the second book that's written to Theophilus. So it would be inconsistent to think that one random person wrote a book, uh, wrote a letter to Theophilus, and then Luke did. Mm. It's more consistent to think he wrote both of them. Um, do we know <laughs> what that sound was? Are you in prison right now? <laughs> do we know what the other book written to Theophilus was? Um, first Theophilus. First and second Theophilus. Yeah. Second and third Snuffleupagus. Yep. Yes. Yeah. No, it was Luke. Yeah. Oh, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Luke was the other book written to Theophilus, and we know that Luke wrote that one. So that definitely points to a Luke authorship for the book of Acts. And another, you know, interesting point that if someone was forging either the Gospel of Luke or the book of Acts, they most certainly would not have attributed their forgeries to a character that seems to play such a minor role and the other books of the New Testament. Because he's only mentioned very briefly in like three passages. Hmm. So it would be weird to like forge the whole thing and Based only on be mentioned three. Yeah, yeah, three times. 
A last fact that points to a Luke authorship is according to Paul's epistles, where he mentions Luke, Luke is a close personal friend and accompanies Paul on many of the journeys that he'd taken. And the book of Acts records many of Paul's journeys in first person and speaks about events that we experience. Ah. So the author was definitely with Paul when the events took place. Very interesting. Date events. Oh, no, we don't have any. Date of authorship. going to get an AC blowing. Oh, yeah. And that would be date of events. Date of events. Yeah, but I didn't get to it. But the next section of the outline is date of authorship. It is most likely that Acts was written no later than 60 to 62 AD. 62 AD. Which (laughs) is a long time from now. How how many times am I going to beat that joke down? I know. How many times are you going to beat it? 60 to 62 AD. D. It's funny. You always laugh at it, too. It's, like, <laughs> I know, it's always funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Say, so where did I get that date from? Well, let me tell you. The book abruptly ends with Paul's first imprisonment in Rome. And Paul was the main character of the book of Acts, and it had to be written later than 60 to 62 A.D. Because it surely would have included his ministry that followed his first imprisonment then his second imprisonment, and finally, his death. These, however, were not recorded in Acts simply because they hadn't happened yet. Mm. So that points to our date. Also, the book didn't mention the martyrdom of James, who was the head of the Jerusalem church in 62 AD. It also didn't mention the persecution of Nero, which began in 64 AD. Or the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. That's a big one. It's a huge one. Yeah. So we know that it was likely before 62 AD. I have to pause there so Ryan doesn't laugh at a joke that's not funny anymore. Another quick point to make before we move on to the general purpose of the book is because of the abrupt end at Paul's first imprisonment, This basically leads me to believe that the writing was completed when he was in prison for the first time. And that would set us to a date between 60 and 62 A.D. All right. So written by Luke between 60 and 62 is what you're telling me. That's what I'm telling you. 2,000 years ago. Two millennia ago. Wow. All right, so it is time to get into the general porpoise of the book. So I believe one of Luke's original purposes in writing this book was to show how God was faithfully and rapidly building his church around the known world. But it's also important to note that historical narrative such as this is descriptive in nature and not necessarily prescriptive. You guys heard that before? Yeah. So this is true of a lot of the Old Testament books as well. Just because this book records things that happened in the time, it doesn't necessarily mean that these things are either normative or should be thought of as guidelines for us today. Although, obviously, a lot of Acts is applicable to us today in a way, but that doesn't mean that that was the purpose behind the writing of the book to tell us how we should be living our life. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And a lot of the... uh a lot of these false churches that we see set their entire theology on the book of Acts. Yeah. And that's the risk 
that you ha- you take when you think that it's completely applicable. Yep. Yeah, historical narrative books are descriptive, not prescriptive. They're just telling us what happened. All right, and now it is time for everyone's favorite part of the show. From what we assume, nobody's actually told us that, I don't think. All right, the fun facts section of the book. (laughs) First fun fact is... Was that you? Or was that the soundboard? You'll never know. Do it, do it. One, two, three... <clears throat> All right, the first fun fact is, while the gospel that Luke wrote was completely based on research and interviewing eyewitnesses, Luke was an eyewitness himself to much of what he wrote in Acts. So he went from spectating to being a part of the story. Very interesting, right? Maybe you and I should also go from spectating to being part of the story. How you oh. Am I right? Are you doing? I mean, you are right. Am I? You are. Look at you. The second fun fact is that Acts is the only book of the New Testament that picks up where the Gospels left off and gives us a chronological historical narrative because the rest of the New Testament is epistles and letters. The third and final fun fact, Jesus' last recorded words were not in a gospel but rather we're in Acts. Mm-hmm. His last words were, well, <laughs> his last words were, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Is that uh, Acts 1.8? Yes. That's incredible. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And that is the gospel, otherwise known as the gospel. <laughs> Because he wants you to go, oh. you know what and I mean. Just make that up. people into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Go, spell, go we and put spells on people. All have Samaria. <laughs> go spell out for these people what I did for them. Yes, you know? spell it. Go spell the gospel. G. <laughs> G is for God who created us. O is for once that happened. We sinned. <laughs> yes. We S, S sin, sin. <laughs> but P we practice what we teach, and then E Elohim sent His Son to L live the life we couldn't and die for us. Gospel. Yes. <laughs> so and go tell that to your friends. Yes, <laughs> go spell it out for them. <laughs> and Jesus was the Son of God, and God turned down and said, "No, <laughs> I am your Father." So yes. yeah, that's basically the gospel in a nutshell. That's the gospel. <laughs> But you guys know that Sunday school song? Go tell it on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. spell it on the map. There you go. <laughs> there That's you it. Go. go spell the gospel, people. Yeah. Now go you know. spell the gospel. All right. So we are jumping into the outline now, and there is one, two, three. Three. Sections in this outline covering the book of acts yeah you know what time it is oh did i miss the uh yes you did okay it's it's outline time it's it's outline time <laughs> it's 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 outline time all right so the first section of acts is the witness in jerusalem and that's chapter one through chapter six 
and it starts with the founding of the church. That's in chapters 1 and 2. And so the first five verses are basically where Luke recaps the book of Luke to Theophilus. Quick recap of what Jesus did. Following that, we get the command to witness by Jesus to the disciples. So basically, Jesus tells the disciples that they will receive the Holy Spirit and they will be his witness to the ends of the earth. Following that, he ascends into heaven and the disciples were standing there gazing into the sky. You guys remember that? Yeah. They went, ah. So that was the first little section of this founding of the church. And then after that, there's the appointment of the 12th apostle because as you know, at this moment, there's only 11 apostles. And that just doesn't sound right. It's the 12, right? Nobody says the 11 anymore. It's the 12. Yeah. So they had to go and pick the 12th apostle. Do you guys know who that was? Matthias. <laughs> yeah, it was Matthias. Interestingly enough, <laughs> it was your Thias. Because you know what you need? You need your Thias if you're going to go spell, spell it, it on yeah, the mouth. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So Matthias was chosen as the new 12th apostle. All right. Following that is the, uh, the Pentecostal section of the book of Acts. And that is, I don't know what that is. It's a Pentecostal it's section. Speaking in tongues. Right yes. Exactly. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. It? Yeah, I see. So chapter two is the birth of the church and verses one through 41 is where the day of Pentecost arrives and the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, mind you. Mm-hmm. For the first time, they did not have the Holy Spirit before this. And you know what they didn't sound like? Oh man, you're really, you're really soundboard happy today. Um, yes, they did not sound like a whale unless there was a whale in the audience, because they did begin preaching the gospel in all the tongues of the different nations who were present in Jerusalem at the time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So basically people were hearing in their native languages. So it was almost a gift for the hearer, not necessarily for the speaker. Yeah. In Acts, when they start speaking in tongues, people start to understand what they're saying. Exactly. Oh, I like that, Mark. I like you. Oh, man. Well, after that, we get Peter preaching the gospel. And 3,000 souls were added to the church after his sermon. Mind you, the people were hearing the sermon in their native language. And so that is a big reason why 3,000 souls were added after his sermon. Following that, we kind of get a synopsis of the early state of the church. And that's in verses 42 through 47. And this is basically just telling us that people were constantly being saved and that believers were selling all their possessions and kind of living in a cult-like community. Well, it wasn't cult-like, but it's kind of, it's, I, w- I don't want to say cult-like, but when you think of a cult, you think of like people on a commune, right? Living together, selling their possessions, eating together. That is kind of what the early church was doing. But in a way, it was necessary because there was a persecution of the church. And so they were kind of taking care of each other in a community. So when he that. says cult-like, he doesn't mean cult-like. Yeah, I mean, kind of like... Cult-like. <laughs> They were living together and eating together. They were selling their possessions and putting it together in one pot. So do whatever you want with that. It's a Christian stew. That's what I call Christian it. Christian stew. Yeah. Mm, delicious. All right. So following that, we get the expansion of the church in Jerusalem. And this is chapters three through chapter six. 
And it starts with some external opposition here. So basically, Peter had healed a man and was preaching the gospel. And it says here that another 2,000 people were saved. And this now they're starting to draw attention from Caiaphas and the other religious leaders. And so they had Peter and John arrested. And they told them they can't say anything about Jesus anymore and released him after that, basically. They didn't, they didn't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. They just warned him, essentially. And then we get a, a kind of a small break here. The, most of this section is about um, persecution and stuff and opposition. But then we get a, a kind of a small break here where, where it's going over some land sales that were happening. Uh, the first one was Barnabas, who sold his field and gave all the, all the proceeds from that to the church. And then following that, we have the story of Ananias and Sapphira, which is a pretty famous story. And this is where they sold their field and basically lied to Peter, saying that they were bringing all the proceeds of the field to him, but they only brought some, and then both of them died. Yeah. Um, because they died for lied. They died because lied. So mm, that's right. keep, that, keep that in mind, that if you ever lie, ever, you, you shall die yeah so that's what acts is teaching here yeah all right following that we kind of get back to the persecution and opposition it kind of intensifies in chapter five and they were arrested again the apostles were arrested again and they were beaten this time and they were told again not to teach in jesus name Mm -hmm. and there was also kind of a internal conflict as well and that starts in chapter six and basically, some people were complaining that the widows were being neglected. The widows in the group were being neglected. So a group of men were commissioned to take care of them. And I believe the, the head of those men was Stephen, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. And that's, that's the first section of the book. We're really rolling through Acts. So Acts is kind of in bigger chunks than a lot of books. So yeah. The stories take up like entire one or two chapters here. So this yeah, might end I, up being... I'd highly suggest if you're looking for every last detail, go ahead and read that. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're just trying to hit the main overall points of the book. Yeah. But we definitely encourage you to read it. We encourage you to do that. So the second section now moves from Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria. And this is the end of chapter six into chapter nine. This starts, of course, with the martyrdom of Stephen, whom we just mentioned. So he was arrested, Mm -hmm. and he was charged by many false witnesses who said that he was blaspheming, and then the high priest questioned him. And then in chapter 7, the first half, or most of chapter 7, actually, is Stephen's answer, basically, to their questions and it turns into a full-blown speech, which I believe is actually the longest sermon in the Bible. I don't know. I'll tell you what. It is definitely the best overview of the entire Bible because he basically gives this whole speech that overviews the entire history of Israel. Mm-hmm. And he basically really hits on the mistreatment of the prophets that came before Jesus that were sent to Israel. And then he told them, that they betrayed and killed the, quote, righteous one, as he calls it. Of course, speaking of Jesus. And because of that, it enraged everybody. And it says that they rushed him and stoned him to death mm. um, because he was blaming Jesus's crucifixion and all the prophets' uh, mistreatment on them. 
And so interesting fact about this, when they were stoning Stephen to death, Saul, who you will find more about later, was holding everybody's coats. So they were, they were going to kill this guy and this person named Saul, who if you're a Christian, you already know who that is. But if you're not, stay tuned. Just a big coat hanger. Stay tuned. He makes a little uh, cameo appearance here in early acts. He's holding everybody's coat, yeah, while they're killing Stephen. And, you know, something interesting, uh, another little interesting thing about this story is that in the midst of being murdered, Stephen cried out to God and asked that he would forgive the people murdering him, similar to our Jesus who did Mm. that on the cross. All right, so that is the story of Stephen. Following that, in chapter 8, we get the ministry of Philip, my boy Phil. Um, So his starts with the evangelization even evangelization of Samaria. That's in verse what area? Proto evangelium. Just some area. Evangelium. Evangelium. It's just some area next to Jerusalem. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So basically, many signs and wonders were being done. The gospel was being preached, and people were saved. And this was in spite of the fact that Saul was how Acts put it, ravaging the church mm. at the time. He was dragging people off to prison and persecuting them during these times. And then we get a very interesting little story of Philip's ministry to the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, And this is where he was, the eunuch was basically passing by and reading the book of Isaiah, which very much points to Jesus. Go back and listen to our Isaiah episode if you haven't. Jesus is all over that book. You don't say uh. I do say Isaiah. (laughs) Isaiah, that that's the case. Hmm. Um, So basically, Philip went up to this guy and said, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch did not. And so Philip explained how Isaiah is pointing to Jesus. He told the story of Jesus. The eunuch believed in Jesus and was baptized by Philip right there. And then, boom, he was gone. Another interesting part. Yeah. I like to think that Philip took out his phone, pulled up Bible Dinger's episode on Isaiah. And, and then, yeah, disappeared for a good three hours. Yeah. Maybe that's why. And fell asleep. Yep. Never woke up. Never listened to the episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> um, if you listen to Isaiah, maybe you'll disappear. So, you know, if you're having problems in your life or something like that, <laughs> you want to. Is that kind of weird? Is that kind of dark? What? Yeah. About, yeah. All right. So, next is the mission of Saul. And that is in chapter 9. So this starts with Saul's conversion and calling. This is the first half of chapter 9. And basically, he was walking to go get permission to persecute more Christians. And this is when Jesus showed up in a blinding light. Shout out Bruce Springsteen. Shout out Alex Zank, even though he's on dying light. Jesus showed up in a blinding light, which knocked Paul to the ground. Jesus told Saul to enter the city and that he would be told what to do after that point. Jesus then tells a believer named Ananias to go pray for Saul. Ananias goes and prays. Scales fall off Paul's eyes, and he was then baptized. I thought um, the first thing that Jesus said to Paul was, Why Why do you persecute me? Yeah. Is that what you were going to say, Mark? Yeah. He does. Because. But I didn't mention that. Yeah. And Saul slash Paul repeats that to several people all throughout the rest of this book about that testimony and his conversion. He says, why do you persecute me? Mm -hmm. 
And when you said scales fell off his eyes, it's a great description. That's what the Bible says. I know, but I literally thought of like snake scales. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking that's kind of what happened. Even though we kind of use that, of course, as an analogy today for the gospel changing your heart, changing your life. Now you see the truth, yada, yada. But I think, yeah, whenever Jesus blinded Paul, I think it actually messed up his eyes. You think it literally gave him, like, scales? I mean, that's what the Bible says. I don't see why Mm -hmm. not. Hard to say. It was a miraculous event. Yeah. It could be. It could be metaphorical, but I don't. Th- I mean, he was literally blind, so I don't see why scales falling off is that crazy. Yeah, he was literally blinded. Yeah, yeah, he was blinded by scales. Like, yeah, he was blinded, and Ananias had to oh, pray for right. him for him to not be blind that's anymore. Right. Yeah. And then it says that Ananias fed him and made him feel all battle, and then he went out and preached the gospel. That's Unless right. he was figuratively blind. I don't know, man. Why, why, why are you doing this to me? I don't understand. <laughs> That'll preach. That'll preach. <laughs> All right. So this was, even though we kind of went on a little tailspin there, this was a very important part of Acts. This was when Saul stopped persecuting the church and became the church's number one supporter. Mm-hmm. And it, And so there's, of course, there's going to be some initial conflicts here because of that. So Saul, who is now renamed Paul, began preaching, but a lot of the disciples were still scared of him and didn't trust him because he, he they were like, weren't you just murdering me like yesterday? <laughs> uh, but Barnabas vouched for him. And on top of that, the religious leaders wanted to kill him. So that kind of, in a weird way, gave credence to him mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, so now you are going to be murdered with us. So if he was just murdering them, how did they say that? When you, uh, okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then we get a quick little verse here at the end of chapter 9, verse 31, that says that the church was at peace, that it multiplied and was unified. So we have a little bit of a bright spot here, even though for the most part it's persecution and, and tough times in the beginning. And... uh that's it. That's the second section of the book of Acts. Nikki? Yeah, we move on to the third section. But before we do that, I do want to talk about probably a teaching that's, I would say, pretty well known that Saul, in the middle of the book of Acts, gets his name changed by Jesus to Paul. It's inaccurate. Um, and I just want to be clear here because we're going to start calling him Paul soon. Mm-hmm. Um So I wanted to hit on that a little bit. He didn't get his name changed. It wasn't uncommon for people to have two names back then. Um, And from what I think I know, right, one was a Roman name and the other was a Gentile name, I think. You tell me. I don't know. But it wasn't uncommon for people to have two names and use it interchangeably. And he just had two names. He didn't get his name changed. Hmm. Nothing happened there. Just two names, Saul and Paul. Interesting. That's news to me. Really? Yeah. I didn't well, know it makes me think of like, I know a few Asian people who they have their American name mm. and then they have their traditional name because they know that when they try to tell Americans their real name, they're not going to say it right. Yeah. Yeah. But Saul and Paul are kind of similar. Yeah, I don't Very know. similar. <laughs> um, from my understanding, I don't know off the top of my head, but when they started calling him Paul, 
It was for a purpose because it was more of a. I forgot. There was another Saul in the group. No, it was more. It was more impactful for the people that he was headed to speak to. Mm. Um, so they started using that name instead. But I don't remember if it was a a gentile name or something. It was one of those names that was more impactful for the people that he was talking to. I would think that Saul is definitely a Jewish name because of King Saul back in First Samuel. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, I went into a rabbit hole, and I don't really know what name is what, but I do know he had two names, and it was Paul and Saul. It was never just change. It was always that all along. Hmm. Uh, anyway, as we move into the third section, the third section is the witness to the uttermost part of the earth, and that's in uh, chapter 9, verse 32, all the way into chapter 28. So that's a long stretch, but it's broken up into multiple parts. Yeah, so basically this section opens up with Peter's ministry in Lydda and Joppa in chapter 9. This is where Peter finds a paralyzed man named Aeneas, and he healed him in the name of Jesus Christ. And then we see the conversion of Cornelius in chapter 10 into chapter 11. Cornelius had a vision with an angel. The angel told him that his prayers and gifts to the poor was received by God as an offering. And the angel told him to go to Peter. And Peter was having some visions too. The visions were symbolic to the relationship with Gentiles and Jews. The law was against a Jewish man going into a Gentile home, but God was telling Peter that he should no longer consider anyone impure or unclean. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot going on there. Please read it. But in short, that's pretty much what it's teaching. Uh, we can't label people based on their, you know, whatever. We need to love people and teach them the gospel. Then we see the initiatives of the Antioch Church in chapter 11. At first, the Christians that were scattered during persecution after Stephen's death, they were only preaching to the Jews. But now the Antioch Church preached also to the Gentiles. So this is really a reoccurring theme over and over in the book of Acts, to preach the good news to everyone, regardless of who and where they came from. Um, who they came from. Yeah, who they came from. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean. Yeah. Apparently, you have murdered people talking, so you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, then we have the persecution of the Jerusalem church in chapter 12. So basically, the apostle James was killed with a sword, and Herod also arrested Peter. But little did Herod know that an angel was going to break Peter out of prison. And spoiler alert, Herod Agrippa also gets killed by the angel of the Lord. And here's the interesting thing about it. He was consumed with worms. That's how he died. Is that how he died? Yeah. That's or how he died. just what happened after he died? Well, the angel of the Lord came down on him and cursed him because he was accepting worship and not putting it on God. And the angel of the Lord gave him a sickness that caused him to be consumed with worms. Oh, I see. So, Since he was eaten by worms. He was eaten by worms. Ooh, Can you imagine that? Can you imagine dying that way? Yeah. You know how El Chapo got out of prison two times? You think that's how? Who? Do you think an angel got him out two times? Who's El Chapo? You don't know who El Chapo is? Get out of here. That's, I just asked who's El Chapo. You don't know who He's El Chapo is? a drug cartel well, lord. He was like the biggest, yeah, he was like the biggest drug cartel for a decade. I'm he not. was. He was the biggest. Yeah, drug now he's cartel. in prison. But he got a, he like busted out of prison two times. 
because an angel of the Lord was sent to the prison. And consumed the guard with with his testimony. Yeah. No, no. No, this is, you got to look him up. This guy has. No, he's still a bad dude. Many shows on Netflix. Oh, I don't have Netflix. Many shows on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) I have YouTube. Yeah. Many books. Yeah, Yeah, this guy, he's got away with murder, literally. Yeah, he's one rad dad. And uh, unlimited (laughs) money, unlimited funds, unlimited drugs. (laughs) No, I don't. Is he a role model? Unlimited everything. And then they finally got him. If we distributed the gospel as seriously as El Chapo distributed drugs, then this would be a different, this world would be different. Maybe it would be the book of Acts of the Bible Dingers. Yeah. Yeah. The book of the Holy Spirit, the working through the lives of the Bible dingers. Yeah, that that would be the full name. That yeah. would be the full name, but yeah. part of it, like the acronym, would be Asselfoff. Oh, that got, that almost <laughs> yeah. sounded like a bad word. Didn't Easy it? there. <laughs> but it also kind of sounded like David Hasselhoff. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Hasselhoff. Yeah. Did you see the SpongeBob movie with David Hasselhoff? Yeah, he's he shoots them through his pecs. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. He squeezes them in his pecs, that and his dude. legs are like motor <laughs> <Yeah>. motors. <laughs> the new SpongeBob movie is terrible, though. The latest one is it? Well, I didn't watch SpongeBob's it. SpongeBob's been terrible for like the past ten years. It has been getting worse and worse. Yeah, because um, I think one of the writers actually died. No, the creator died. Derek uh, Dryman. Yeah, yeah, the creator died, and uh, once he started, like. Passing off the episodes to other people, it wasn't the same. Yeah. Those yeah. those original ones were hilarious, bro. I still quote them. I still... Um, Season 1, 2, 3 are good. Yeah. Season yeah. 11, 12, they're weird. Like, yeah. Like, it's because like, like... The writers were tripping on drugs or something. Well, it's like also they changed from just making a good show to making a kid's show. Yeah. And it's just like stupid for kids, you know. Exactly. They also became slightly liberal... Oh, so the the now we're gonna get political, Nick. They were spr- they sprinkle it with like hidden me- messages. Yeah. I don't know about that, but they do. My kids watch it all the time. <coughs> you allow that? Yeah. What a bad dad. Oh. Anyway, we continue moving through the Book of Acts with the extension of the church to Cyprus and Asia Minor, and chapter twelve into chapter sixteen. Um, basically. The first event that we see in chapter 12 into chapter 13 is the divine appointment of Barnabas and Saul. It's pretty much self-explanatory. The Holy Spirit appointed Barnabas and Saul for this specific mission. Um, but they they obviously accepted the mission and move into uh, Cyprus in chapter 13. And Saul and Barnabas, they, they basically spread truth at all costs. Saul even made a magician trying to oppose them. He made him blind. Um, he was the, like, let me show you a trick. Yeah. <laughs> John Cena. Oh. That's what, he's, that's what he said. John, no more scene. Oh, oh man. John, oh, man. no more scene. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, basically the, <laughs> yeah, um, basically in a nutshell, the magician wasn't cooperating with him at all, and he didn't like the good news at all. Um, he wanted to stop them and do his tricks because he was a magician, and <laughs> Saul had some other tricks up his sleeve, hey. if you know what I mean. I'm going to make your sin disappear. <laughs> Abracadabra, you can't see me. Um, but 
They didn't stop at Cyprus. They move into Asia Minor in chapter 13 into 14. And a lot of stuff happens in the span of time. Please go ahead and read it. During this time, Paul was even stoned. Um, this man was really abused. He must have been. Yeah. To do some of this stuff. Yeah. You're right. And he almost died here. And it's the, a good joke. He got put out. <laughs> it's a great joke. He almost died several times because this man just can't catch a break. He can't yeah. stay alive. He was on fire for the gospel and people weren't having it. All right. So then um, Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch of Syria in chapter 14. And the next section in chapter 15 is the Jerusalem Council section. And to no surprise, some men came down from Judea and taught that unless you are circumcised according to the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. And I absolutely love what Peter says here. He basically affirms that we are all saved through grace, apart from any work that we can do, including circumcision. And back then, circumcision obviously held some weight because they believed that they were saved through that law. But we know through the teaching of the book of Acts and through many other teachings throughout Scripture that we are saved simply through grace, apart from anything we can do. There's no sacrament that can save you. Yeah, I remember reading Acts for the first time and being so confused why circumcision was like this big deal. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why do they care so much? Yeah. But it was a big deal back then. Yeah. What, What I do like what... Uh, Paul did, though, was obviously he agreed with the fact that you are saved through grace. But he also shows that there's nothing wrong with tradition, because right after he goes and he uh, he circumcises some people. Oh, yeah? Um, I forgot who it was exactly off the top of my head. But literally, right after Peter says that, they go and circumcise somebody. Interesting. So I saw it as a total package. Like, yes, you're saved through grace, but there's also nothing wrong with tradition. Yeah. If you want to go that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. We see the continued strengthening of the Gentile church. The Gentile church. <laughs> we see the continued strengthening of the Gentile church in chapter 15, going into chapter 16, verse 5. Basically, Paul and Barnabas split up. Barnabas took Mark with him, and Paul took Silas. When Paul got to Lystra, he took Timothy with him as well. Yeah, that's actually an interesting story about uh, how Paul Paul and Barnabas split up over Mark. Yeah. We talk about it a lot more when we go over the book of Mark, which was a previous episode, but if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to Mark. It's a very interesting story. Yeah. i definitely split away from you if you wanted me to get rid of Mark. I would split away from myself at that point. I would never do that. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm gone. I would also be gone. I'm going to find a Silas right now. Yeah. And bringing Mark with me. Yeah. And you'd just be alone. I didn't agree to this. Yeah. Yeah. Mark is mine. <laughs> Mark belongs to me. Okay? Bro. You brought Mark, but he's leaving with me. All you have is the Mark of the Beast. Oh. You just have Mark the Beast. Amen. (laughs) Anyway, basically everywhere these people go, they're strengthening the church. One of the places that they went was the Aegean? Aegean. 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 Okay. One of the places they went was the Aegean shores. I'm sorry. Basically, the (laughs) the extension of the Aegean shores 
in chapter 16 through 19 is broken up into several parts. And it opens up at chapter 16 with the call to Macedonia. And Paul, Pual. <laughs> That's so Brooklyn of you, bro. Pual. Paulie. Paul. Paul. Paulie D. <gasps> Paul. No. Paul had a vision that a man of Macedonia was asking him to go and help them. So he listened and went to preach a gospel to them. Simple as that. And then we see the the ministry in Macedonia in chapter 16 into 17. And there's a very interesting story here in chapter 16. So there was a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. You remember this, Mark? Mm -hmm. And um, basically, her spirit of divination gave her owners much gain. There's a lot of money to be made here. Um, But because she had that spirit, she knew that Paul was onto something. So she kept repeating herself over and over, like, you're here to preach the good news, right? What, what does she say exactly? Uh, um, let's see. She's These like, men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she kept doing that for many she, days. Yeah, <laughs> she kept repeating herself over and over again. I guess as soon as they got near the Spirit, she couldn't resist except like, ha! Yeah. You're here to spread the good news. Oh, when you said she had a spirit of divination, it's they were getting great gain because she was fortune-telling. She was fortune-telling, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Paul got annoyed at the fact that she kept repeating herself over and over again, mm. and he wound up casting the spirit out. And that was not a good thing for the slave girl's owners because they were getting a lot of gain from her fortune-telling. Basically, they were not happy about it and brought Paul and Silas before the magistrates, and decided to put them into prison. It's an interesting thing to be in prison for. Hey, what'd you do? I cast out a demon. Yeah. How dare you? What are you here for? This chick kept repeating herself over and over. <laughs> kept telling me I'm here for the good news that I know that I'm here for the good news for, and I'm <laughs> tired of hearing. <laughs> but then, uh, Akea, how do you say this? Why did you give me this section, bro? How do you say this? Achai! 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 So then after Macedonia, they went to Achaia in chapter 17 and 18. So basically, Galileo became what we would consider today as the governor there. And some Jews ro- rose up against Paul and brought him before Galileo for judgment. And they accused Paul of persuading the people to worship God in ways that were contrary to the law. Spoiler alert, they were. Oof. They were doing that, but they were doing it for a good reason because they wanted to show people that you're saved through grace and faith. And the good news here is that um, Galileo basically just dismiss, uh, dismisses the case. Hmm. So that was definitely good news for Paul. It wasn't the last news, though, because there's some terrible news coming up. Uh-ohs. Uh, then we see his uh, ministry in Asia in chapter 18 and the results of it. And basically, his travels and preaching continuously strengthens faith there and many other areas um, of the world. And, you know, we don't have time to go into every last detail of every last place. But if you want to know, make sure you go and read it. But we're we're just trying to get to the meat here. But just so you know, when Paul goes out there to preach the good news, 
he's getting um, a lot of a lot of converts, and he's doing amazing things, and he's doing it at all costs, and he's extending the church, and it continues to extend um, to Rome in chapter nineteen through twenty-eight, which is the end of the book, and we see his ministry on the way to Jerusalem in chapter nine, and his ministry in Jerusalem in chapter twenty-one through twenty-three. Paul was willing to pay the costs of discipleship. He was willing to be imprisoned and even die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he admits that. And then we see his ministry in Caesarea, right? I think it's Caesarea. For some reason, I feel like that's a ch sound. Am Where's, I wrong there? What chapter is that? Uh, 23, verse it's 33. It's like Caesar. It is. Let the people read. Let the people say amen. 23. Whoa, oh, oh. let the people say amen. Yeah, Cicera. Is it or Cicera? No, Cis- let them read it. Hit play on that Bible app, brother. Wait, here's a YouTube video. How to say it. You don't have to wait until Tuesday to enjoy this deliciously simple <laughs> taco recipe. And this rigatoni with chorizo and wilted greens is a simple... You don't have to wait too long to eat the Cicera salad. You don't have to wait till Tuesday to learn how to pronounce this word. Caesarea. Caesarea. But that sounds like a computer. Google says Caesarea. I don't think that's right. Caesarea sounds like something you get from Taco Bell. Located in the area around Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea. Caesarea. If MacArthur says it, then it's gospel truth. It's law. It's law. Okay, so basically after Jerusalem, they have a ministry in Caesarea. In chapter 23 through 26, once again... Paul is being called out for stirring up riots among the Jews, even though we know he wasn't doing that. Steer it up. And they kept him in custody for two years. Then after two years, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus and wanted to please the Jews and still left him in prison. They basically used him as a government bait so that they can advance in power and please the people. Even though they know he did nothing wrong, they kept him around so that they can please the people and be known as the likable governor. Hmm. Um, basically, Paul goes through a series of trials and eventually tells Agrippa about his conversion. This is what I was referring to earlier in the episode where he continuously repeats that same story over and over again mm-hmm. where Jesus went to him. Uh, but it didn't end there. He continues to travel, and he has a ministry on the way to Rome in chapter 27 into 28. After all that mess that he went through, after all that time locked up for nothing, innocently, then Paul got shipwrecked and stayed focused on preaching the word wherever he went, regardless of what he was going through. So he's really being a good example for the readers, and this is definitely a an applicatory section where we can say, you know what, no matter what we go through in our lives, our focus needs to be the gospel of Jesus Christ, regardless Mm. of persecution, regardless of trial, regardless of being shipwrecked or whatever you go through, you need to be on fire for the gospel of Jesus Christ. How you doing? But it ends here. The book ends here in his ministry in Rome in chapter 28. Verses 16 through 30, 31. 
He spoke to the local leaders of the Jews and told them his story. Once again, repeating that, he told them about the gospel. And I love the way the book ends. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. That'll preach. That needs to be us. That needs to be us. That needs to be us, regardless, like I said before, regardless about what you're going through in your life. If you declare to be a Christian, the forefront of your life needs to be the gospel, and that needs to be the message that you proclaim. So go out there and tell somebody today while you're listening to this, go right out there and tell somebody, your neighbor, your friend, your brother, your sister, go tell somebody. That's it. That is the book of Acts. You guys made it. You guys are now apostles. Yep. You'll get your certificates in the mail in a few weeks. Yep. But in order to get your certificate, you are going to have to become a patron. Ooh. Hey, let me tell you about our Patreon. Uh, First of all, we love all our patrons. We love you guys. Definitely. Shout out to all those who have embraced the ding. Um, we have, we have an awesome group of people that support us and we support you as well. I think hopefully, uh, we want to be part of your life. We want you to be part of our life. The best way to do that is to connect through our Patreon because we pay for this out of pocket. So if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you appreciate this show, if you appreciate us, go ahead and feel free to become a patron. We have a discord chat we have an instagram chat where we all keep in touch with each other all throughout the day we also uh, have a weekly bible study we have going a weekly through the book of romans right now yep we're studying the scriptures together we're memorizing strip scriptures together um you get early access to the episodes so by the time you hear this episode of acts the patrons already heard it last week um we also release outlines all kinds of stuff so if you guys want to partner with us, that would be huge. We would love it. We would love you. We would very much appreciate it if you became part of the... Dinger Nation! You took my part, bro. No. You're supposed to go BibleDingers.com. And if you want to find out about these blogs, podcast episodes, our social media links, our Patreon link, our um, partners, we partner with Lagos, we partner with Coronado Coffee... You can find all this on this button that doesn't work. Why does that one break sometimes? That's right. Remember I pushed it so hard last time I knocked your coffee over? Yeah. You can find it all on <laughs> BibleDingers.com. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make we'll make it we'll make it we'll make this one. We gotta make it a sound bite. We gotta make that a sound bite. BibleDingers.com. But that Dinger Nation soundbite was mine for my segment that I end it with. Sorry. Because if you are not a part of make sure you go on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and search us at Bible Dingers across the board. There's the board across it. It's Bible Dingers. And while you're there, just give me the likes, don't pass and scroll. Don't pass and scroll. Make sure you hit follow, hit like, hit subscribe, and most importantly, ding on. Bible dingers. I've been grinding all day and all night. Hall of Fame on my mind. Trying to be the greatest of all time and say it's all God. I've been grinding all day and all night. Hall of Fame.
was it um the episode of Jonah where what was our guest's name? Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. He came up with Dinger Nation. He right? did. He did. He's a card carrying member of Dinger Nation. That's right.